Kate is back in our studio audience today. Leslie's going to tell us about her car buying from hell experience. And Heather is going to talk about her commitment to a 30-year crush. Oof. It, it sounds pathetic when you put it that way. Yeah, it just means you're loyal. Um, You know when you kind of pull back the curtain a little bit with someone that you barely know and you unleash a little bit of your crazy and then you test the waters to see how they react? No. Because if you know me, I unleash all the crazy. I don't have that gift of like showing a little bit. I wish I did. But if you know me, I'm full out crazy from the beginning. I unleash 96% of my crazy on this podcast, I would say. And I unleashed a little bit on one of my coworkers the other day. (laughs) And I kind of blew his mind wide open. So I'm curious if you do this too. Uh, because I don't feel like it's that weird. We're talking about uh, this mutual friend of ours who I had a brief crush on when I was single. So I was single for like three weeks. It was like <laughs> six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this last time years ago. And I was like, oh, I used to have a crush on that person. I flirted really hard. Like I found out that they were not into me and I just stopped. But The conversation rolled into the fact that I have a long standing list of people like this person. You basically said you have a bench on the bench. You have a bench, a backup team, a B team, as you will. Yes. Okay, exactly. My coworker, when he finds out about this, is like, oh, my God, you guys need to be together. I need to help make this happen. I had no idea. Now that I think about it, you're perfect for each other, blah, 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 blah. And he is going a million miles a minute. I'm like, slow your roll. I have already investigated the situation. Uh, This person is not into me. And he's like, we got to make this happen. Oh, my God. No, both of us are in relationships. I have a boyfriend. This dude has a girlfriend. Everyone is happy. Like, there's no reason to make this a thing. Everyone's happy. Right. How do you know they're happy? You don't know they're happy. Not the point of this story. (laughs) So I say to my coworker, who now I believe thinks I'm totally nuts, off the wall, crazy, calm down. Now that you know this information, in 30 years, if we're both single, if you know about this, like, just put us together. And he's like, in 30 years? And I was like, yeah, like, we're both— When you're old? (laughs) I was like, yeah, we're both in relationships right now. People die, you know, and they leave and things happen. Like, I've got five or six people on this list that I would— On your bench. On my bench, yeah. That in the event that life circumstances happen, like— I don't have to think about it, but that's me. Like, I run through the relationships and I make the decision ahead of time. So, (laughs) just in case. So, for me, dating. Just in case 30 years from now, his girlfriend passes away and he may be available and maybe you're available at the same time when you're 62. Exactly. (laughs) I plan ahead. Part of him was like, I like that you're in it for the long game, but beyond the words, I could see like, Oh, my God, she's a crazy bee. Like, I don't have a 401k, but, like, I have relationships potentially planned out for my 60s. You have a relationship 401k. (laughs) It's like a relationship Roth IRA. Right. It's just hilarious to me that this guy, my friend, my coworker, wants to make this happen because I have put it way out of my head. Like, four or five years ago when I was pursuing this dude and it was— very clear that he was not attracted to me or interested in me. I just kind of thought, okay, fine. Fast forward to 30 years from now when hopefully your standards are a little lower and I'm going to age really well and be a really hot 60-year-old. Maybe I will be in your league like then. Uh, So in my head, it's a challenge. It's the long game. I think I 
look better than I did in high school. Me too. Just because, as like we were talking about before, I didn't know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to do my makeup. That's when big hair was in. So I like the bangs and the big hair and it was frizzy. Like college was a better time for me. And I have an entire plastic surgery plan as time mm. progresses. I don't like this plan. You don't need plastic surgery, but I get the plan. Yes. I have my own plan. And I was going to wait till 50, but I'm thinking it may happen sooner than later. It's actually a plan just to help me be more comfortable because I do want to exercise and work out and it's becoming cumbersome with my, um, since I'm very well endowed. Yes. It's always people's own thing because I look at you and I'm like, oh my God, you have a banging body. You look at yourself and you're like, oh, this is too much or this is not enough or whatever. I do like to work out and stay healthy and either run or exercise, but I have to wear my sports bras so tight to stabilize the Mm -hmm. situation. I can't breathe sometimes. Like I can't get that catch up deep breath during running or whatever cardio we're doing that I actually have to stop and take a breath Mm -hmm. or like unhook my sports bra. It's Mm -hmm. terrible. It makes me not want to work out Mm -hmm. and even putting it on. Oh my God. It's like climbing into a scuba suit. Just putting it on is a workout in and of itself. That is a very good visual. Um, (laughs) Especially combined with the visual of like pulling up Spanx because we all do that and we all look ridiculous doing it. And that's what Spanx are. They're scuba suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should just walk around in a scuba suit from now on. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned the boob thing, too, because I am much happier when my boobs are smaller. So they usually suggest like if you're going to do a boob lift, you get a small implant because you're going to lose a lot of volume. But I'm not interested in an implant. I just want a lift. And if that means I go from a D to a B, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't know. know that it works that way. I think you have to get. You don't have to get an implant. Every Like most really? people do. I have extensively Googled and YouTube. <laughs> I can only imagine the images that. It, oh, and YouTube. Well, I'm the person, Leslie, we were talking about cars last time. The average person, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong. The average person, when they go to purchase a car, they make the decision that they're going to buy a car. They do some research. And within 30 days, sometimes within 24 hours, but within 30 days, I would say the average person has gotten their car. Correct. Uh, yes. Yes. Most people. Most people. Except for Heather. It takes me nine to 12 months. You don't say, I want a smaller SUV. Let me go find the right car for me. You find the car, <laughs> the one car, the color, yeah. the type, like everything, the, the mileage, the price, yes. everything. And it can be anywhere in the country. Right. Where I'm going to go to a dealership within 15 miles of my house. Yes. For me, 95% of it is the price. That's the cheapness in me, man. Like, perfect example. So the car that I have right now, there were two of them in the nine months uh, in Seattle, five miles from my house that were available. Uh, one was priced at eighteen nine, and the other one was priced at 29 Same mileage, same vehicle, like exactly the same thing. The one I bought in Texas, I got for twelve three. Several thousand dollars less. I waited. I looked. I got it when it had been sitting there for a long time. There was little interest in it. You know, I put the time in. It was literally the difference between having a 36-month car loan, which is what I have, for a $12,000 car loan and having 60-month car loan for a car that after taxes is going to be a $20,000 loan. So for me, it was a lot of it is price and waiting. I always buy convertibles. So there are seasons where they're more expensive and less expensive. And 
I'm You're like good. I, I'm crazy. I'm but gonna... I'm crazy. Like I'm crazy. That's not crazy. It's what you choose to put your time and effort into. I yeah. mean, I have other things that I would spend yes. that kind of time on. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I I'm not patient. That takes patience to do what you did. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, all right, so you got it for like $6,000 less. Mm -hmm. But was it worth the time? Mm -hmm. Was it worth the plane ticket? Was it worth the actual driving you had to do? But you combined it with dog rescuing a dog. So that made sense for you. And that was the epiphany I had. So I test drove one of the two cars that were close to home because I'd never driven this car before. I had fallen in love with it back in 2012 when it came out, the Mini Cooper Roadster. 40 plus thousand dollars for a new car is completely out of my budget. It was at the time. It currently still is. Yeah. I was like, well, with the 1891, it was at car max. So it's like you can't even haggle. So it's like that was the price. So I was like, well, I'm going to drive it just to make sure that I want this car. I've never driven one. I just in my head fell in love with it. And the thing about CarMax, I was very open with them. I was like, I'm not paying this for this car, but you guys are national. So if one pops up in my price range, I know I can have it shipped here. So it's still worth your time to let me drive it. They were totally happy to let me do the test drive, which I did. And I'm like, yes, I love this car. I'm buying this car. Not this car, but a car. But I had this like moment, this epiphany driving home from CarMax thinking, why does my car buying experience have to be this selfish, like superficial thing? Why can't I do something to give back to the world in the process of my car shopping? And I was like, oh, if I do end up buying a car and saving money in another state, I can pick up a rescue dog. That's what I'm going to do. I knew Mm -hmm. that if I found a car that there would be a dog that wanted to get a ride with me. And I was extremely frugal. Flights down there was like 80 bucks, one-way flight. You're so good. The gas was cheap. And I stayed in Motel 6s for the most part. Overhead was like $650 with hotel, gas, flights. I'm mapping this out as you're talking. You're watching what I'm doing. And I was like, where is this? It was 2,200 miles only because there was a road closure. So we had to go through an Oregon National Forest Road on the way. It would have been more like 1,900 miles, but it took us 2,200 miles because we had a giant detour. But anyway, long story short... I take forever to make decisions about cars <laughs> and men. But I was like 30. So we went. This says something, too, though. After the both of those stories, nine to 12 months on a car, 30 years for a man. Yeah. <laughs> my, my time frame, one to three weeks on a car, split decision, instant, instant. I feel like I should tell you my car story. Please. Since we're, we're on cars. Yeah. I'd have to ask you, have you ever known anybody who's returned a car before? I have. Ooh. I have. And there are a couple of dealerships. We're in the Seattle area. There are a couple of dealerships, specifically like the nicer ones, that give you a, a period of time where you can return them after you purchase them. What dealership is that? Uh, the Porsche dealership in Bellevue does that. I don't remember. They if let you drive a car off the lot, sign for it, yep. and buy it, and then return it? Yes. Um, I believe it is three days or or seven days so I bought a car from a dealership. It is a little over three years ago. Okay. I totaled my car, which I will claim is not completely my fault to this day, but I did rear-end somebody and it totaled my car. I try to get it fixed. Like I try to let the insurance company let me fix my car and it just, they're like, no, it, this will not be worth your money. So I had to give it up and go buy a new car. 
I got a Toyota RAV4. I wanted a white one with the tan lining, limited mm. edition. And it was like going to be my first brand new car mm. in a long time. And I'm like, I'm going to get a new car because I'm just going to keep the car forever. And I'm not going to get a luxury car. I'm just going to get a normal car. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, we go through all the negotiations. We pay for it. I sign all the paperwork. Done. Right. Uh, I think it was like a loan, but with like, you know, no interest, all that stuff. Drive it off the lot, driving home on I-5, a stone hits my windshield, breaks the windshield. But I had bought windshield insurance, windshield and tire insurance, knowing about all the construction in the Seattle area. So I call them, I tell them what happened, and they're like, no problem. You bought the windshield insurance, bring it back in, like, we'll fix it. Drop it off, come back to pick it up, and they did not fix the windshield, they patched it. Hmm. This is a brand new car. The Nick was, like, in my line of vision. Oh, So, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm going to have this car for like five plus years. Like, I don't want to be looking out of my right eye and seeing this Nick in the windshield. So I go round and round and round with them. And I said, I bought the windshield insurance. I really want you guys to like own this and just change the windshield. What What is it going to cost them? 150 bucks, if that, mm-hmm. as opposed to keeping a customer happy. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't had the car out of their dealership for like a half an hour. So I'm getting angry and angrier. And I finally talked them into changing the windshield. They agreed to do it. But then they call me up and they say, great, when you come to pick up the car, you actually owe us $3,500 more. For like what? I, that's what I said. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've already closed on this loan and everything. And they said, oh, well, by accident, we forgot to charge you sales tax. And we put it N.A., like in that area. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a personal problem. Like yeah, that, that I doesn't... signed the line, you know, that's not my fault. Yeah. And I worked in places where there's been big ticket items, um, services. Never have we come back to somebody and say, oh, just kidding. You owe us another three grand. I'm not paying that. Like I already signed it. I'm not doing it. And you need to fix the windshield. They're like, well, we're not going to like change out the windshield until you pay the money. I'm like, well, then I'll change the windshield myself somewhere mm-hmm. else and F you guys. Like, I will never recommend you. Yeah, you can call Safe Light Auto Glass and they'll show up to yeah. wherever you are and they'll be smiling and happy. Well, these were not nice, happy people. Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace. I know, I know that song too. It's a good jingle. It's a good jingle. So this goes on and on for like a week or two. They're calling me. I'm not answering. I'm sure the finance person is like freaking out because she made the mistake. But I'm sorry. You made a mistake. You should have paid better attention. Mm -hmm. Then come to find out I didn't have my permanent registration yet because it's the new car. So they say they will not give me my permanent tags until I pay the sales tax. They will withhold them from me. So I had to get a lawyer involved in this. Oh my God. Who called the dealership and is like, no, we're not. This is a final contract. It's finished. And I mean, we went round and round. The lawyer makes an arrangement with the dealership that basically they're going to pay me back all my money because I put like half down on the car. So almost like $14,000. And that from there, I would return the car. It's like it never happened. You know, just take everything back. So that's the deal we made. And as I had talked, I guess, to the the manager that day about making arrangements, I said, you know, I am just like extremely disappointed. I'll never refer anybody to your dealership again. You've treated me awful. Because Mm -hmm. above the very simple story I just said to you was a lot of nastiness and unnecessary um, treatment. So I did say I'm going to like write a bad review on Yelp. This is when I'm like my vengeful. You're spicy. My spice came out. So I'm going to write a bad review on Yelp. I'm going to pick it outside your dealership. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's all I said. Yeah. From there, I drop off the car. 
When I dropped it off, the guys there were fine. We do the exchange of the keys. I go back. Within a week, I had a new car, but not really my first choice. It's not the color I wanted or the interior I wanted, but it, I needed it. I didn't have a choice. However, is the, this a different dealership? Yes. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I'll never. I, I'm not going to say their name because I'm not that person to right. call them out on something like this. But then a day or two later, I'm sitting in my office and I get a call from the husband saying, what did you say to so-and-so at this dealership? Mm. And I said, I don't know. It got back to them. This person from the dealership called the radio station he worked at, talked to a person there and said that I called them and said, do you know who I am? Whoa. I'm going to have them talk about you and trash your dealership on the radio and blah, 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 blah. Now, if you know me, if anybody knows me, including the husband and his coworkers, never in my life would I be somebody who would say, do you know who I am? I'm related to this person. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care. I'm my own person. That wouldn't even cross my mind. And anybody who knows me knows I wouldn't say that. But this was a whole big thing. They wanted him to go apologize on behalf of me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm my own person. You don't apologize for my behavior. And that's an out-and-out lie. I never said that. So what this dealership did, they weren't an advertiser. They threatened to never advertise on that station. They're like, well, we know we don't advertise with you, but if we don't get a written apology or somebody coming out here and apologizing, we never will in the future. And then they wanted them to come do that. And I was like, if you go and you, you're basically admitting that that happened, which it never did, and you're, no, they did not. I don't even remember if I ever even wrote a review on Yelp or not, but I've never had somebody out and out lie to try to get me in trouble like that. And they took that phone number and his work contact information from the sales contract. How oh, terrible is that? that? Is stalker level. Because we never had a conversation. It's not like a conversation you have, like when you're test driving a car necessarily. They took that from our sales contract. Whoa. That's like orange yep. alert stalker level. I'm turning the mics off for a second because I want to know what dealership this was. Turn the mics off. Well, Don't ever go. When I see their little things on license plates, I'm like, I want to pull the person over <laughs> and tell them my story and be like, these are horrible people. Don't go there. Well, I can tell you that in the seven years that I have worked here, that dealership that you're referring to has never advertised with our cluster so I don't think that they spend any money in radio advertising anyway. I think that that was a BS threat. It was a BS threat. And, and woof you know, them. Woof them. And you know what I can say now? I don't have to say, do you know who I am, my husband? Now I can say, do you know who I am? I will trash talk you on the air all on my own. But we don't even trash talk them. We turned no. off the microphones. Well, because I'm a professional and so yes. are you. And we would never do that, even if it wouldn't get us in trouble. So Kate in the background, Kate is our studio audience today. She is suggesting that we do a spite cast. Um, <laughs> out of spite. Out of spite. Oh, that would be long Out of for spite, me. out of mind. Dude, it would be long. I mean, I would just list everybody and everything. That's It would be a long list. We can't do that, though. We will have a special edition Christmas episode where we do our, our spite cast. You already have a Christmas edition of this podcast. Well, I have a Christmas podcast, my first podcast. I was not a podcast virgin when we met. You knew no, this about me. I know. That it's, you were it's not, hard for me still a little bit. You weren't the first, but... I don't do well with people with histories. Okay. <laughs> Where are we at? So I wanted to talk to you about the bird's papaya. 
I was going to say, we need to get to your social media following. So right now on social media, I am following a lot of fitness people and a lot of positivity people because I like seeing that stuff in my feed. Um, the bird- Like people who tell you to be grateful for your life. Be grateful. Practice gratefulness. Um, not quite that generic. Okay. I don't like that. No. Okay, good. So the bird's papaya is it- on... Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. She it lives in Canada. She lost a significant amount of weight. She talks about weight loss, but she also talks about being present in your life and, you know, not skipping things because you aren't at your goals. Like, so, for example, you had mentioned previously that you had to go on the new kids on the block cruise, but you wanted to lose 15 pounds first. And she's like, hey, goals are awesome. Like, Do what you want in your life, but don't miss out on moments of your life because you have this ideal for yourself that you're not living up to. But I love her. And if you're not one of her, I just followed her 491,000 followers yet. Go ahead and give her a follow because she's fantastic. Like she's awesome. I really love her. It looks like she's a podcast as well. Have you listened? I have not listened to her podcast. Does that look right? It has to be. Yeah. So we will be listening to the Bird's Papaya, the Papaya podcast, as soon as we leave here. That's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. See, I like you like follow somebody with inspiration and gives life advice. Yes. Like my big follow on Instagram is Popeye the Foodie. I don't know Popeye the <gasps> Foodie. He's an influencer. He's a dog influencer. He's so oh. he's so cute. He's a little. I'm going to pull him up for you, please, so you can do. see everybody with their phones who's on Instagram right now. While Even you're... you at Island of the Man. Yes, Isle of Isle Man. of Man. Shout. <laughs> now I've totally changed it to Isle of the Men. So Aww. he's a rescue dog whose mom, you know, clearly I I can't remember if he was from a shelter or rescue, but he's super cute. One ear flops down, one one mm-hmm. is up. And they take him around. She takes him around and he just advertises food at restaurants. So they sit him in front of like all these different food displays. I always wonder what he gets to eat out of that food. But he's just adorable in his little costumes and he has little influencer friends and he's the best. I okay, so former stray L.A. pup who travels and dines at the most pet friendly restaurants. Popeye the foodie, you have to fall. His ears almost look like uh, an ear filter on Snapchat. They do. They do. They're fluffy. They look like that. Yeah. How's your Snapchat going, by the way? I have not opened it in a very long time. I know. I have to say, I hate to admit this, but like I was doing, you know, my private Snapchat just for myself for a very long time. And I stopped Snapchatting because I found that my Snapchats were only funny because they were driven by craziness. And anger. Mm -hmm. They're not as funny. I don't have as much to talk about. Just so you know, I like all iterations of you. Crazy. I'm in a nice. I'm just in a nice, calm, hungry version. Yeah, that's all the time. Like I'm sitting like now I'm like, oh, it's two for it's time for Leslie to eat. It's two (laughs) forty (laughs) six. Two forty seven. Time for me to eat. Who else should we follow? So well, um, you should be following us first of all. So we're so extra podcast on Instagram. Yes. Currently, I believe. We have 12 followers. Or email us. Email us your stories because we like to tell stories and we can always tell your stories too. We are so extra podcast at gmail.com. You can talk to us anytime you want. We're here. We'll read your stories if they're good. We and they're will. They're funny because we're under comedy on Apple. So I can't believe that. Thank you, iTunes, for listening to this comedy. <laughs> we are mildly amusing. I would not say that we are funny, but apparently enough people think that we are. 
I think we're funny sometimes. We're funny enough to we're be funny comedy. Enough. Well, you just have crazy situations in general. I mean, two nights ago, you texted me a photo of you with your arms like flailing out in the middle of the night, walking both your dog and cat. I did. <laughs> and so that was that was when I went out with my friend. I'm like, all right, I'm going to. She's like, I'm going to leave. I'm like, oh, I'll walk you out. And I like leash Chewy up and she walks out. I'm like, wait, wait. She goes, OK, is she on a leash? I'm like, yeah, wait, I got to leash up the cat. And I put his little harness on I put his leash on. And she's like, you're kidding, right? You're really going to go take the cat for a walk, too? I'm like, yes, it's like we're doing it like twice a week. It's enrichment for the cat. He loves it. So I take him out. I don't think he really loves it. I think he likes getting out there. But, Mm -hmm. like, we start off, like, I have to carry him up. Then we go to the army crawl for a little bit. Then the absolute protest. And then I pick him up. We walk half a block. And then once he realizes the dog is into walking, like, he'll start walking, too. But she's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm documenting this. So she gave me a little photo session. So I sent it to you. The story of us going on the new kids on the block cruise is going to be similar with me. I'm Larry. You got to put me <laughs> on a gonna leash. You're going to alligator roll for me and army crawl. Yes. And I'll drag your butt there. But once we're on the boat and we're taking selfies on the boat and having a good time, I'll be like, this is great. It'll be so fun. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, me too. Okay, good. Do you want to come, Kate? Go to the bathroom? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so Leslie and I just went to the bathroom together. <laughs> And we had a moment because I heard, oh, my God, the toilet seat's up again. I'm the first one. And then I told Heather, I think of her now every time I almost took a picture of a toilet seat up. I'm like, Heather would so appreciate this. There is a special thing when you get to be the first person to sit on the toilet seat. Leslie doesn't sit. But when you get to be the first person to sit on a freshly cleaned toilet seat and hear you know that they're fresh because they leave them up when they've been cleaned to indicate, hey, this one has just been cleaned. So Leslie's like, oh, my God, I thought of you. And my first thought was, yay, because I told her the story of the of the deaths, the three deaths, deaths, which got me excited because I'm a murdery person. But it really had nothing to do with murder. Yes. So um, I believe it's Mexican folklore where the first death is just recognizing your own mortality and knowing, yes, I'm going to die one day. The second death is your actual physical body dying. And then the third death is the last time someone mentions you or thinks of you. So when Leslie indicated that she thought of me even in a bathroom toilet situation, I was so excited because I was like, if I die, that she will be in charge in part of my third death, keeping me alive forever, forever, whenever (laughs) I go to a bathroom Mm -hmm. with a fresh toilet seat. I'll think of you while squatting. So is there any? (laughs) I love it. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. I was just looking her up last night. She has a new special I on know. Netflix. I have a I have a I love her. beef with Brene Brown. Oh, well then let's we'll talk about it next time. Okay, great. It's anger towards Brene Brown? No, it's confrontation. Confrontation? Okay. So I'll tell you. Do you well, do you want to tell me next time? Or do you have to you have to get it out? I don't have to get it out. No, I want to watch the show and then be able to let's do that. defend her. Because okay. I'm a fan. Why? Well, You're not yeah. going to forget, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> I've been boiling over Brene Brown for days. All I right. sent her. I sent her a private message on Facebook oh, no. that she has not responded to. Um, and let's I even wait, let's visit. It'll be our therapy session. I even prefaced this message with, "I'm not a troll. I just like a good riddle." <laughs> well. I will play Brene Brown in the next episode, and we will role play through this issue with you. Thank you. Okay.
Bye. Bye. If you love us or even if you just like us a little bit, uh, new content every Tuesday, 12.05 a.m. Wherever you get your podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm.